I would title my message to come up higher. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the mood. And it's not the mood, it's the call. It's, I would, don't want to reduce it to a mood. It's the call that God is speaking to this body at this hour to come up higher. And you'll agree with me that the major component, component of walking or living in the fear of God is holiness. I think it's, I know, it's the major component. It's a life of holiness. Therefore, coming up higher requires adjustments on something or some things, depending on where you or I are. There are some, maybe to some many things, to some a number of things, to some of us, several things, to people like me, a lot of things. I don't know where you're classified, but you can find yourself somewhere. Every one of us needs some form of adjustment. So this is for all of us. And we, are, we, we all know very well, we are well taught in this church, the differences between the old and the new covenant. And uh, in the old covenant, which we find in Exodus 20, talking about the Ten Commandments, they operated under a very strict law. And if you read the commandments, they always say you shall, you shall, or you shall not, or you shall not. There wasn't, it was, this is it. You shall, or you shall not. And whoever was found guilty faced the consequences which usually involved sacrifices of all kinds, and some in, in, involved death. And, and you know, every time I read the Old Covenant, or, and, or the, the Old Testament, like there is one, I can't remember where that scripture is, where they said, a child, a child who continue to disobey their, their parents, that one ever shocks me, I don't know about you, a child who continuously disobeyed their child was, will be brought to the elders, and do you know what happened to that child? Death, stoned. You all look, some of you look, that child was stoned for disobedience to the parent. That's how powerful parents were in the olden days. The child, the child was murdered for disobedience. I don't know, that one never shocks me. And I'm like, thank God I'm in the new covenant. <laughs> and, and, and so it was a harsh, it was a harsh covenant. In the new covenant, Jesus paid the full price on our behalf. So in the Old Testament or covenant, they paid for their violations. They were given, you bring all this for this, to atone for this. But in the covenant that we are living in, Jesus became the sacrifice. He offered himself to die for us so that he can give us the core airship into the inheritance that God has for us, which is eternal life. Are you not grateful that we are in that covenant, that we don't have to, you know, go to bury children that were murdered before they disobeyed their, their, their parents? The, uh, and, and, and this is the covenant of grace that we are in. But that grace cannot be taken for granted. Because we are in the new covenant, and because we are not killing and murdering or, or imprisoning or asking you, go do labor for seven years so that you can achieve the sacrifices that you need to give, that does not mean that we are in a lesser covenant. Because it is only, and, and uh, no, let, let's go to Romans 3.23. I hope I have somebody... Uh, Use the King James Version, New King James Version, unless I say otherwise. I'm not very good at noting which version I used. You forgive me. This is not my kawaida duty. I said it's an honor to be here, so I'm learning like all of you. Okay? So this is what Romans 3, 23 says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, that's what it says, all. It says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I always ask myself, why are we all categorized by this scripture as having fallen? 
Why, why all? Why does he talk about all? And this one is in the new covenant. And Paul was talking to the Roman church. And I believe by then, salvation had already been revealed. This is how I answer myself. I'm not a Bible scholar. So if it is not the actual truth, don't fault me, okay? But I'm just saying what I, how I answer myself. I say, I believe it's because it is only his blood that gives us entry and nothing else. The reason we are all categorized as having fallen is because it's not like in the Old Testament you can go bring your sheep. In this one, it's only his blood that can qualify us. Therefore, if we try to do it outside of, the bl of his blood, then we are falling short. Okay? And then it says that all have, uh, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then I'll ask myself, what is the glory of God that we have fallen short of? I answered it in John 1.14. Uh, if you turn to John 1.14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I think that the life that Jesus lived is what we fall short of. Because he lived, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Who was that one? It was Jesus. And Jesus dwelt among us. So, and, and it says, the, uh, uh, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So it talks about Jesus was walking full of grace and truth. That means he was an obedient child or an obedient youth. If you remember when he went to be baptized by John and the Holy Spirit came upon him the, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not started ministry then. So Jesus walked in obedience as a child and as a youth. So he role modeled to us. Jesus role modeled the life that God expects us to live now that he has paid the price for us to become children of God. So it is doable. And that's why he will say that we fall short of the glory when we do not uh, uh, live the life that Jesus lived, then that's where we fall short of the glory of God. Okay? Uh, in the new covenant, uh, then I can say confidently that the bar of how we live has been raised high. It hasn't been lowered by grace. It has been raised high. And it's no wonder he is calling us to come higher. Why? Because the new covenant uh, 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 relationship requires that there is a, whole, uh, a, a life that is holy to attain the glory that he's talking to us that we've fallen short of. Because he does not want us to live having fallen short of the glory. So that's why he's calling us higher. So then I will say, if you were to compare the old and the new covenant, the requirement for a holy living for us is higher now. It's only that we don't face the consequences immediately. But the requirement is actually so much higher. And so again, I will say, again in my opinion, it is, and it's sorry, uh, forgive me, I shouldn't bring my opinion here, my interpretation of the scripture, okay? Because opinion is subjective. Pastor, forgive me, it's not opinion. <laughs> I, I will say that th this covenant that we are living in, it's, it's an exclusive covenant. It's not one for you can bring your everything and continue with it. It's exclusive. It's an exclusive common covenant. And, and, you know, many people talk about grace is inclusive. 
grace, grace, the grace that we are seeing here that God, Jesus lived in, it was full of grace and truth. And you cannot live the life of grace minus the truth. So the truth of the word must be the guiding principle of the grace that you're claiming. So you can't claim the grace of God and you're not operating in the truth of the word of God. You understand? There is grace. Grace comes to give us salvation that we never paid for. But the life that we are living, we have the responsibility to live holy. Jesus paid the price to save us. But the responsibility to live a godly life, he, it's ours. So we have to em, uh, uh, employ ourselves to live that, that, that holy life. But this is the comfort that I want to give us tonight. That even though we have not attained that perfection, it is a, a high perfection. That's where the Bible says we are growing. Even though we haven't attained that perfection, we should never give up on aiming to grow. That's why when he's talking about come, come up higher, he didn't say shift. It's a process. So we engage ourselves in, in moving forward so that we can be transformed day by day to become what he's asking us to become. So we never give up. Nor do we stay content with the status quo and say, Mimi, nimefika apa. No, we haven't arrived. That's why the Bible says that when he shall be revealed, then we shall see him as he is, and then we shall be perfected. Okay? So then we take comfort. This, I, I, I always, every time I feel like I've fallen short or oh, I ought to have gone so far by now and I should achieve so far by now, I take the comfort of knowing that at least I'm not where I was yesterday. I'm making progress. So I, I, I'm giving you the encouragement of let's not give up by saying I've tried, it's difficult. Let's keep moving on. And the, the comfort I give myself is that even though God had the, the power and the ability to create the world in a bang, he chose to create it in six days. So that gives me the comfort of there is room for progressive growth. You understand? Because he could have just stood up and said one word and everything was created. But he did it progressively. And that gives me comfort to say that I may not have attained, but I'm reaching there. So turn with me to Philippians 3, 12. Mm, I'll read in the... Yeah, let's, let's, let's read it in that version that we can go to the Passion Translation. And that's, this is what Philippians 3.12 says. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. At the cross, he, la he laid hold of all that is mine. But as I am progressing on earth, the, uh, uh, Paul would uh, told the Philippians that even him, and you know Paul is one of the, uh, I would say the most effective of the disciples or of the preachers of that generation. I mean, he did miraculous, marvelous things. But look at him, and this is towards the end of his life, he is saying, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Isn't that comforting? To know that even Paul was still pressing forward. So we keep pressing forward as we are aiming to come up higher. Can we read that in the Passion Translation, gentlemen? Uh, and I, I want to read all the way to verse 16 in the Passion Translation. And this is what it says. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. So that means I'm not standstill. I'm pursuing. That means there's some effort I'm employing. There are things that I'm doing to help me uh, 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 obtain that fullness. But I run with passion into 
his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. That means there are revelations that I need that will help me or undergird me to come higher because there is a discovery that will happen. But that discovery will not happen when I'm standing still. It will require me to engage with whatever things that I need to so that I can progress into what I'm looking for. I don't depend on my own strength. I really like that one. I, do not, I, don't, have the, I, I don't have what it takes to go up higher. It says, I don't depend on my strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. This is where my strength would be. I don't have the strength, but I am focused. I'm intentional. I am purposeful. I'm not just sitting down and saying I'm unable because I don't have the strength. No, I have a compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. That means I have, may have failed com, coming this far. I don't know if I'm the only one, but, but if I try to look at my life since I got born again, sometimes i like, oh God, and, you, and I'm still here. Oh God, and you, your masses are still with me. Oh God, even there, I may, but this is what Paul was saying. Forget all those failures. Because if you look, Behind, you will not focus on where we are going. So he is saying, I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Let's move on. And then this is the thing. Number one, I'm focused. Number two, I run straight. I am aware that there might come distractions. So I am intentional not to look aside to the distractions. Because the enemy, I call him the peddler, he will always try to peddle. You remember last year, three years ago, you remember? What is he trying to do? He's trying to interrupt your focus. So for you to be able to run to where you're going, you are, Paul said, I ran straight to the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Not by my own strength. I so much depend on God. I have to. Because if I'm not depending on Jesus through his word and the help of the Holy Spirit, it is so easy to fall aside or to take a detour. Okay? Let's move on to verse. So, verse 15 says, so let all who are fully mature have this same passion. What is the passion? To be focused and to run straight. And to depend on the anointing that is available from God uh, 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 through the Holy Spirit. The same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. Do you see how much God desires to help us? God doesn't want anybody to fall on the wayside. Let's move on to verse 16. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. One path with one passion. No double-mindedness concerning where I'm going. I've already made up my mind. Paul said, I'm forgetting all the errors and the mistakes I made. I made up my mind. I'm moving forward there. Okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. Uh, let's read it still in the Passion Translation. 1 Corinthians 9, we'll read 25 to 27 in the Passion Translation. This is what uh, Cor uh, Corinthians says. Uh, don't forget we are talking about we are running, we are focused, we are uh, taking, we are running straight. There's that which we are apprehending and we are not looking sideways. And this is what encourages us. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel, a laurel wreath that quickly with us, 
but we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. Look at that comparison. I mean, we are Kenyans. If we've never watched athletics, something is seriously wrong. Because it's not like we are given a choice. We are Kenyans. So <laughs> that's what we excel in. So, and we see them. And, you know, an athlete is so disciplined. They cannot be found clubbing tonight and they are in the marathon tomorrow. It can't happen. Those guys wake up early in the morning every day. Not once in a while. They don't pick and choose and say, oh, this week I'm on recess. Then he's not in the race. Because the other guys are move, making strides. You understand? And then another says uh, that practicing constant self-control. It's a constant self-control in order to win that which quickly withers. But, and, but, our race, but we run our race to win a victor's crown that lasts forever. So isn't that encouraging and motivating? That what, whatever sacrifices we have to make, the, 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 uh, the crown that we are looking for is never going to end. It's not going to fade. Once we keep apprehending, we gain ground, we keep that ground, then we focus again, we gain more ground, we keep that ground. So it's a progressive achievement. And like the athlete, today they run this race, tomorrow they will go start race number one. If they are running marathon, they, they did this marathon, this country, they go start again. Ours is progressively gaining ground. And that's the beauty of it. Let me read that same scripture in the message translation. It says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athlete's race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You are after one that, uh, one that is gold eternally. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and on top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. Isn't that challenging enough? <laughs> it is. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm not, I won't be caught napping. I am not going to be a lazy one. I will not, I will not be caught napping. He say, as for me, I've made up my mind. If, the, if God is calling us, come up higher. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, where, where do I need to change? What aspects of my life are displeasing? What is hindering my life? You know, I, uh, 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 I, I, I don't know where I ever made this statement, but it's, it's a statement I had Bishop T.D. Jake uh, uh, make many years back. And he said that it's surprising how, how much Christians will pray and say, God the devil, God the devil. God. He said, the biggest enemy is you. Your biggest enemy is you, it's not the devil. <laughs> the devil, all that the devil does is to whisper, to help you help yourself to fail. So um, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm with this guy. He's saying that, and, and, and say, no sloppy living for me. I refuse to live a sloppy life. A life where I wake up and, and every time is my pastor, do my pastor, pray my pastor. He's good, he will pray. But what about me? I can also pray, okay? There is a place where your pastor comes. But your pastor can, I mean, I, sometimes I imagine he has 500 congregations. He has his own family. He has all your neighbors and your families. You know, your family's issues are your issues. So how much can one man pray? You understand? So I say, and that's what the Bible is saying. Are you, you come up higher. 
I'm not sloppy. I'm not living a sloppy life. I am not caught napping. I'm getting into the word myself. I'm finding my answers. I'm making my declarations. I'm making my statements. I'm fighting the devil on my behalf because I am well equipped. I'm a believer. Isn't it? Yeah, so I'm coming up higher so that I become a soldier in the army as opposed to a civilian. You know, civilians, when issues become tight, the army is called to help the civilians. But we are soldiers, so we are supposed to be uh, progressing in attaining ground and, and, and covering our territories so that we can help our civilians. Who are our civilians? The weak. The, 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 those who don't even know Christ, those who know Christ, but they, have, they are coming up. We call them coming up. They're coming up. The, the, soldiers, the soldiers go into the forest so that they can clear the way for the others to come in, isn't it? Yeah, so we, are not, we won't be found napping. We are coming up. And this is the, this is the thing. Jesus, um, let me see where I was, yeah. So then it means... I'm staying alert because the temptation is real and attractive. The temptation to detour is not a, a facade. It's real and it's very attractive. I was listening to some uh, program, uh, it's a Christian program somewhere, but maybe not a teaching, but yeah, maybe a teaching, but this person was quoting some numbers in America. And he is saying that since COVID hit, 20 million American Christians have backslided. Isn't that sad? 20 million. That's a whole country dropped out of just devil's challenges. We don't know about this thing. How come? How come? You know, all those questioning. They, those are what I'm calling the peddling of the enemy lies to make you detour. You're wondering about the wrong thing. You're not focused on the real thing. The real thing is that there is a crown we are aiming at. And it doesn't matter what challenges come our way. When we stay focused and we are running like an athlete, we will not be detoured by all this. Amen. So we are staying alert because the temptation is real and it is very attractive. It's very attractive to make money the wrong way. It is, especially in such an economy. It is very attractive if you have stayed single like me for so long to say who came along. It's okay, let's make it. It is attractive, but it comes at a, a, a bitter price. You understand? That's why we are saying we keep focused on Jesus. So we be on guard and we contend for holiness because holiness is not popular. If you want to live holy, you have to recognize it's cause for sacrifice. Sometimes it will call for loneliness. And, but this is the thing. What loneliness? I encourage my, 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 my people, my friends, and I keep telling them, I live alone, but I'm not lonely. Let nobody ever tell me I'm lonely. I'm not lonely. <laughs> when you have Jesus, the angels, the host of angels, the Holy Spirit and God, what loneliness can you have? I mean, you read the Bible when you want. You put the music that you want. There's nobody contending for the program you want to watch. You eat what you want. If you don't want to eat, you don't eat. There's nobody saying, Akuna chakula uku. I mean, yeah, every kind of life is subjective. It's the way you want to view it. You understand? If you want to view it from the uh, pessimist side, it will be pessimistic. If you view it from this side, God has offered us a good life. Each one of us has been offered a good life. So holiness may not be popular, but I choose it. I want it. I like it. I love it. I'll fight for it. I'll go all the way for it. Okay? Okay. So the motivation for pressing. So we are pressing forward. And the motivation for pressing to the finish line is to become like Jesus. Remember where we started? We say Jesus is who became the word and dwelt among us. Okay? So we, he, he role modeled how we should live. So the, why are we pressing on? So that we can become like Jesus. 
Go with me to Romans 2.28 in the Passion Translation, please. Romans 8.28 to 29. This is what Romans says. Passion, yeah? Okay, I'll read my, my version. I, I think there are two versions of, of the Passion Translation. I find that interesting, but here we are. So it says... So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest amongst a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like me. What is the motivation of our pressing out towards victory? To become like Jesus. Why? Because we are his family. He already chose us and he predestined us. We belong to that big family. And you, you know when the, the scripture that says that we are members of one body. So why would I let down the body by choosing I don't want to do what is the requirement or the procedures that are required for this big family, isn't it? When you think about it that way, you always remember that my choices don't only affect me. They affect others. I remember one time, many years, I was away, but I would come every year, and I have a brother that I love very much, and he would... I mean, he was a chain smoker, really. And, and he was in so many problems. And, and I'm thinking, and this guy is smoking himself to cancer. And who will take up all this? So I talked to him and I said, by the way, why, what is this thing? Now, you started sending the children to go buy you two cigarettes. What is this you're doing? He said, ah, wachana mimi, it's my life. I say, no, 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 no. It's not your life. Can't tell me it's your life. I'm educating your children and it's your life. And the little you get is going to smoking. And he said, ah, I said, it is not your life. Listen carefully. The day you will get sick, that's the day it, be, it stops to be your life. Because you can't help yourself. Who will help you? It's us. Sometimes I can be tough. I called his wife. I said, this thing, that you have all accommodated here. I'm a Christian and I will not be giving my money to support this because I don't know how else he supports this. And I left. I was actually leaving that day. I left. So I left in a strife. Well, he, we, we were in a strife, but I wasn't in a strife. I was fighting for the truth because somebody has to stand up and fight for the truth. So I went. Uh, two weeks later, the wife sent me a message called, I called. He said, I can't thank you enough. I said, why? Can you imagine he stopped smoking from that day? I said, and he had smoked for almost, 50, he was about 55 years by this age. And he had smoked for almost, I mean, a chain smoker. Oh, and I said, how did it happen? He, he said, for the last two weeks, he has not left the house because of serious headache. Serious, you know that those withdrawals, serious headache. I've even tried to tell him, see, we go and get those patches they talk about. And he said, I am not going to get any patch. If this is how terrible it is, I'm going to, if I die stopping smoking, I would die stopping smoking. It cannot come between me and my dear sister. And do you know the guy, that was the end of it. He has never spoke, smoked to this day. Couple of months after, rejoined the church. Now he's a church elder. What, you have to confront what is real. Because what is real is that there is an enemy who is coming subtly. You know, he's not aiming at his money. He didn't have money. And thank God, now he's a, he's a comfortable guy. Because he stopped the vices and he went back to church. God bless him magnificently. So he doesn't need help. You understand? So I looked at it, I saw this is a drain chain. I'm not going to participate in a drain chain, supporting the plan of the kingdom of darkness. You understand? 
So we have to be very intentional. So it says, uh, for he knew all about us before we were born and he distinguished us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest amongst a vast family. What was I fighting for? My family, my blood family, because I knew it was going to drain all of us. It's the same in our Christian uh, fraternity. We are living well, not just for me, because when I am not okay, the rest of the family is touched. Do you not hear them? How our Christo. And nobody names who, who are our Christo. But we are all bundled together when things go <laughs> When things go wrong. We are all bundled together. So we want to fight for all of us together, isn't it? That's what uh, uh, that scripture is encouraging us. Jesus walked a disciplined life as a child. So if he did so as a child and as a youth, why not us? He didn't walk a disciplined life when he went into ministry. By the time he went into ministry, he had already gotten the, the, uh, the accolade from his father and said, this is my beloved son. So we can do that, okay? And this is the, the beauty. Jesus is helping us. That's, those are the scriptures we are seeing. He's helping us along. We are not walking this on ourselves. The Romans uh, 8.3, you can go up to verse 3 there. I'm not sure which version it is. Yeah. Okay, let me read. I think it's the New King James Version. It says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. So I'm saying Jesus is helping us. What they could not achieve through the, the sacrifices of the law and the requirements of purify yourself and don't do this for seven days, it became complicated. They couldn't do it. But see, what the law could not do, Jesus did. That means what we are being asked to do is a very simple thing. He's already done it. He was the atonement for the sacrifice. He's offered himself for us so that we can enter. Our job is just to enter and partake of what he has uh, uh, made available for us. So Jesus came to do what we couldn't do. And then he left us his Holy Spirit to continue helping us. So we are not without aid, aren't we? That's what we call the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the aid the teacher, the supporter, the advocate. Whatever area you need him, he is available to help us and aid us as we are uh, uh, running this race, race and pressing toward the finish line. So as we, as we purpose to fear and reverence his word, then sin lacks hold on us. It's easy to live a holy life. We just purpose I'm purposeful on the life of the spirit. I want to engage in the word and I want to obey the word. All that God requires us is that we know the word and we obey it. Because it's one thing to know, but it's another thing to know and to do. So the key thing is to know and to do. Philippians 2, 13 to 15, Passion Translation. <clears throat> I'm picking these scriptures to show you how God has aided us. In the Passion Translation, yeah, it says that God will continually revitalize you. Isn't that good? Total makeover. Mm -hmm. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. He, he knows what he wants you to do, but it he goes an extra mile. He revitalizes you and gives you the passion, the desire to do what he wants you to do. What's your excuse then? For then you will be seen as innocent. Am I in the same place? Yeah. You will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. Are we living in the midst of a perverse culture? Oh, God, have mercy. It's gone beyond. <laughs> I don't know how far it can go. Sometimes I'm like, what more can we see? 
Yeah. What more? Even though, but this is the, the, the joy. Even though we live in the midst of such a perverse culture, God says, I have aided you. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe. So this is the theme. It doesn't, it, even though we live amongst a perverse culture, it doesn't suck us. Refuse to be sucked by the culture. Refuse. Refuse to be sucked by the culture. I say it again. It's attractive. It may look attractive. It's glamorous. It's, uh, it's, it's, but where is it heading? It's heading to eternal destruction. So refuse to be sucked by that culture because it has a name. Yeah? So where it, uh, the, the scripture says, for you will appear among them as a shining light. So that means you're different. I want to be different. I may not be popular, but I'm different. I'm not looking for fame, but I'm different. What am I different? I'm standing for and I'm, and I'm representing the kingdom of God as a light. Yeah, your light has to shine. If, you, if you're very acceptable everywhere, something is not right. <laughs> That's just the way it is. If you're very acceptable in a perverse culture, Something is not right with your gospel. Something is not right. I'm not saying separate yourself. I'm not saying go to the monk and become a sister or a father. No. I'm just saying that there will be feathers that you will rub wrong. Because the light has to shine. Yeah, the light has to shine. And sometimes it will cost you dearly. Very dearly. There are some situations they will say walk out. I remember one time I was from much from a party. <laughs> literally frog marched. And I stood and I said, yeah, but I'm not going to sit here to hear you blaspheme God and I, and I don't say nothing. No, it is wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. So I said, can you please, your I say, yeah, I gladly walk out. I walked out and it was, anyway, thank God. I still have Jesus. Hebrews 13, 9. <laughs> So that scripture is, uh, that, that we just read said, it is God working in us through his word. It's not through our intellectualism or our experiences. You, you know, sometimes we hold on to all these earthly things. They don't, they are okay, but they don't mean, they don't take preeminence. They are good. Go get all your education. They are good. Get all your whatever, get them, but please remember, the main thing remains the main thing. So that means when we yield to God, then he makes our desires to do what is right. Hebrews 13, 9, in the New King James, it says, yeah, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace. What is the covenant of grace? It's supposed to establish our hearts, to give us a sense of belonging. So you're not wavering here and there, wondering, is this right, is this wrong? You can't. The gospel of grace establishes our heart because it is, remember, it is based on the truth. We read the scripture where it said Jesus operated in grace and truth. That's how he lived on earth. And that's who we are role modeling. We are operating in grace and truth. Our hearts are established in the word of God, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. That means not all these other things. All these other things, uh, they are okay, but they are not paramount. The paramount thing is that I am alert that there is a kingdom I'm representing, and this kingdom operates on grace and truth. That's it, okay? So the, the grace of God establishes our hearts to obey the word of God. That's all. Grace. It doesn't. Grace does not license us to sin. I know the grace message has been taken to another level. Another level. I'm telling you until you're like, which Bible do people read? Another, the grace, the gospel of grace, especially with LGBT, has gotten to another level. And you're wondering, are we reading the same Bible? 
never mind for us we are sticking to the ancient parts so romans 6:14 this is what it says for sin shall not have dominion over you hallelujah sin shall not have dominion over us for you are not under law but you are under grace why because the grace of god is establishing your heart to love the word of god so under grace your heart desires the word of god the scripture in psalms 37 I think that is that seven four. I think that says that delight yourself in the Lord, and He will fulfill the desires of your heart. What what, what you see? People say God, God will de, uh, delight the desires of our heart. Not every desire is when you delight in Him. The grace of God will teach you the truth of the Word, and because your heart gets filled with the truth of the Word of God, then you know what will come out of your heart: the delights of God. And when the delight of God come out of you, it is the word of God. So God is obligated to fulfill the word of God. So how can you make sure that God fulfills the desires of your heart? Fill your heart with the word of God. Fill your life with the word of God. So we see here, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Then that means the only way sin can rule in us is if we are prideful enough to ignore the truth. That's all. Any other way, it doesn't have a leeway. No leeway. Sin does not have room to rule over us. It's only if we open a door. And the key thing that opens a door to, to sin is pride. I'm all it. I'm all that. I've done all that. I got all that. I am, and I don't need it. And I tried it. And how come it didn't work? You know all that uh, words of pride. Because you are kind of like questioning God. So once, any time we find ourselves sinning, check your heart. There's somewhere pride operated. And then it's, it's alluring by the enemy to take you where you are never supposed to go. And you are wondering, how did I land here? You landed there on your two feet. So I believe God is beckoning us to come up higher in preparation for his work on earth and for his soon coming. I believe he's soon coming. But before he comes, there's a lot of work that we need to do. So let's go to my final scripture in 1 John 2, 28. 1 John 2, 28. This is what it says. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Isn't that a wonderful uh, admonition? Yeah. Each of us will have to choose which group we shall be in. It's, it won't be God who will choose for us. It won't even be Satan who will choose for us. It will not be our husbands and our wives. It will not be nobody. It's each one of us will have to choose. Either the confident group or the ashamed group. It's two groups. There will not be in between. You know, are we together? No, it will not be are we together. <laughs> it's which, which one did you choose? <laughs> you will be grouped. As you choose, my brethren, you'll be grouped as you choose. And I really like how the year started with uh, this, the word, this, uh, the scripture that Pastor Carla gave us uh, on uh, the ancient parts. I, I really feel it was preparing us to where we are at and where we are going and the, high, the higher place that God is calling us because. Uh, holiness is who Jesus is. He, and his spirit, we all know too well that those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Minus the truth, we can sing our songs, we can do our jigs, we can jump, we can shout, we can clap, we can call it worship. If our lives are not uh, mirroring his word, then we are just doing uh, some traditions of men. 
and the scripture says traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. Why? Because truth is the only thing that stands the test of time. So tonight, I'd like us to pray briefly. Just believe in God to show us areas. I've been praying and I'm continuing to pray and I'm asking God, I know me, I'm not going to pretend. So please, reveal. David prayed and says, search my heart and know my ways. And this is not to say that we are rejecting that we are not righteous. We've already been made righteous by salvation. But I said it's our responsibility to live the holy life. So there are, there are levels of growth that will not happen unless we make adjustments. Each one of us has an adjustment to make. Each one of us, none of us has loved everybody the way the Bible talks about loving everybody. Now, each, each one of us, and we have not given to the needy or to visited the poor or those who are in prison or those who are in hotel. If you want the list to be dropped down, you run away. So instead of waiting for the list to be <laughs> dropped down, go before God and say, I'm willing. I, and, and, and take courage because I did. it's a progressive work. He's not asking us, boom, change from tomorrow, but it can, it, is, it can happen. It will progressively happen. The, the, the life of the spirit is, that's why it's called a miracle. Nobody can explain how you change. I, can't ex, I cannot explain how at this age I am here alive. I can't explain. Why? Because I know what kind of a teenager I was. You don't want to know. <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, you to give me a, I mean, I like discourse, literally. When I hear pastor saying that, that he used to start this work before I say, how is it? Of course, I'm older than pastor, so I was like, pastor, by the time you are coming, I was almost getting tired. I was, I was to go to disco Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, and I was working. I don't know how I made it. And I'm not talking about the disco, you go two hours and go home. And I used to say, we used to, we had, a, we were in a group of friends and we said, the car knows the way home. Because we are fully drunk. We hours of the morning and we'll say, how can, no, even our neighbors will be shocked if we went home at three. I mean, the grace of God. And, and somebody to tell me to go back there. For what? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. No, let me not shock you. Stand up, we pray. There is a lot we need to change, okay? <laughs> There's a lot we need to change. Yeah, but this is the beauty. I say, I gave that testimony to show you. There's nothing God cannot change. There's nobody God cannot change. All he's looking for is a willing heart. A willing heart that says, all I want is you, Lord. All I want is you, Lord. Because outside of him, it's crumbling. Amen. Oh, Father, we thank you. Let me pray uh, uh, make uh, this prayer. Then we pray in tongues and believe God just to help us. Father, we thank you for your word. Especially... Just encouraging us that this journey we are walking, the journey of faith, the life of the spirit, pressing toward the mark of the higher calling, we are not walking it alone. Your spirit is with us. Your word is readily available. The Holy Spirit and the anointing of Jesus is on our side. So we are praying tonight, O Lord our God, believing for revelation, deep revelations, deep revelations of where you want us to change and the adjustments that we need to make because we had the call of God telling us to come up higher and we are interested in the higher life and therefore tonight oh God your Holy Spirit helping us to pray accurately deeper prayers declarations and decrees of faith that we will make on our own behalf and on the congregation of victory faith believing that together 
belonging to the vast body that Jesus already predestined and made ready to walk in the righteousness of God, that we get to the path and we walk that path according to your plan and according to your purpose. Rameshanda. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Oh, Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We honor your holy name tonight. Your presence with us, oh God, is too dear. It's too deep, oh Lord, our God, to ignore. So we thank you for your presence with us, oh God. God, we want to go deeper. We want to go wider. We want to know you, Father, oh Lord. We desire deeper revelations of the life of the Spirit. God, we know we have come so far by your help, but we know there is more to this. There is more to this. So you're preparing the tabernacles of our hearts, oh Lord, that we may get to the realm and to the level where you can pour more of your oil, more of your oil in our lives, more of your oil in our children, more of your oil, oh God, in our youth, more of your well in uh, oil in this congregation, that these end time days, oh God, we may do the work of the ministry. Lord, we desire equipment, enablement that only comes from the Holy Spirit, the Word of God that carries the grace, the grace that represents the truth, the truth that will withstand the test of time. Oh Lord our God, we yielding to you tonight. We yielding to you, oh Lord, that you will make us, oh Lord our God, vessels that can carry the new wine, the new wine of holiness, the new wine of understanding, the new wine of revelation, the new wine of love and unity, the new wine of the glory of God. There is weight of your glory that you desire to outpour over this congregation. It can only come to vessels that have created spiritual capacity. We desire your will, O oh God. We you to the purposes of God. We you to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Your word means so much to us, O oh God. You're the audience of our desires, O oh Lord, our Father. So tonight, tonight, O oh God, tonight, Lord, Oh, we open up the tabernacles of our heart to the move of your spirit, even in our private cubicles. God, where we dwell, may we become the light that shines in the midst of the perverse generation. Because when the light shines, the Bible says darkness cannot comprehend it. Therefore, when we shine the light of God where we dwell, then we will draw others to you, O oh Lord. God, the hour is urgent, and therefore God, we number our days. And in these days that you have given us opportunity, we yield to be used of you in the way and the manner that will please you, our Father. We thank you. We thank you. We are those who have ears to hear. So we hear the voice of God from our pastor calling us to the fear of God, calling us to the life of reverence, calling us to the love, life of love, calling us to be a united body, calling us to forsake all that distracts and to focus on the cross of Jesus. The price is already paid. There is no more sacrifice. We are not amongst those who trample the blood or take the blood as a as common water. We value the blood of Jesus. We reverence what the blood has done in our lives. It has transformed our minds and our understanding that we can live and represent your kingdom wherever we find ourselves, oh God. So tonight, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, let the weak say they are strong. 
and let the poor say they are rich. So tonight is our confession. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are strong in the word of God. We are those who love the word of God. We treasure the word of God. We value the, 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 the voice of the spirit of God. We confess we know the voice of our shepherd. We are not detoured by the voices of, the, of, the, of, of thieves and robbers. Oh, we are focused on Jesus. We confess tonight, oh Lord our God, that we are not lazy in the life of the Spirit. We are intentional. We are passionate. We are purposeful to follow your instructions, oh God, as you lead us through the shepherd that you have given us. So we lift up our pastors before you, Pastor Carla and Pastor Davis. We lift them before you, oh God, for they can only lead to the extent they are filled with your spirit. We declare a double portion of your anointing upon their lives, even in these latter days, oh God, as they take us through the ancient past, oh Lord our God, we declare deeper revelation of the word of God that they teach us deeper understanding, oh Lord our Father, we call them strong, we call them strong emotionally, they are strong in the word of God, therefore their spirits undergird their lives, we declare in the name of Jesus, they make the right decisions concerning this congregation and we bless them tonight. We bless them wherever they are. We bless Pastor Davis and the team that is in Massabet, perpetuating the kingdom of God, advancing the love of God. We declare they are covered by the blood of Jesus. There is an angelic atmosphere that surrounds their going out and they are coming back. In where they are sleeping, oh God, tonight, we declare anointing that the enemy cannot comprehend with the angels of God. The fire of God is surrounding them. They cannot be touched by the enemy. Therefore, we declare a successful mission. And on the day of their return, we thank you that you bring them home safely. They bring the good report like Caleb and Joshua. They will come and tell us the harvest is plenteous and the fruit of the land is good. Therefore, we will be intentional and determined to sow more into feeding those that need. Oh Lord, help at such a time of need. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless you for reminding us, oh God, to walk, then to, to walk and to live as Jesus role model. Therefore, we declare tonight, oh God, Mm, we want it, we want it, we love it, we receive it, and we value it. We place the highest value on the life of the Spirit, of oh God, because the scripture in Revelation tells us that the road is narrow. The road that is going to eternal life is only, can only be traveled by those who are carrying no weight. Therefore, we declare the congregation of Victory Faith carries no weight. They don't carry grudges. They have no offenses. They do not gossip. They are not those, oh Lord, who are idlers. They have no lazy moments in the name of Jesus. They are not lured and attracted to the scene that may look attractive, but the end of it is destruction. So we declare this congregation is holy. We call it a holy congregation. They honor the word of God. Their lives are separate. They are not interrupted and detoured by the kingdom of darkness. By faith we confess this congregation is rising higher. They are rising like an edifice because they make the word of God the centerfold of their families. So we thank you our God for the deposits of your spirits over this congregation. Each one of us, oh God, recognize how much we need you. And each one of us, oh God, recognize how much we need each other. So we build each other and we encourage each other. Paul told us never to forsake the gathering of the brethren because in such gatherings, oh God, iron is sharpening iron. The weak are being given the strength of the, uh, of the word of the Lord. So we declare in the name of Jesus, strength in our supporting members, strength in our uh, 
our home churches, oh God. Strength, uh, strength in our care meetings in the name of Jesus. This is not the hour to draw back. This is the hour to intensify. We are those who intensify in our prayer time. But if, even at the beginning of the year, pastor spoke and said that this house shall be called a house of prayer. We call Victory Faith a house of prayer. So we call people to prayer meetings. But above all, we call them to their private prayers, oh Lord our God. They are not those who are living carelessly. We call them, oh God, oh intentional people that live the life of prayer because you are their audience even in their private cubicles they know that you are watching over them. The Bible says that your eye move to and fro and you're looking for anyone righteous that you may show yourself faithful on their behalf. May your eyes find this congregation faithful seeking you, faithfully loving you, faithfully serving you, faithfully supporting your work oh God and may their reward be as great in the name of Jesus. Tonight, we want to honor you, our Father, for your word and for your spirit building us up. The Bible says that if we agree with God, we shall be built up. Tonight, we thank you for what you have done in building our lives by the entrance of your word. It brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Therefore, any simple areas of our lives, we subject you to the word of God. We subject ignorance to the word of God. We subject laziness to the word of God. We subject carelessness to the word of God. We subject pride and arrogance to the word of God. We subject all that is anti-God to the word of God because the word of God is what transforms the life of a human being. The heart of a man is wickedly deceitful until the word of God enters and it transforms every faculty of our makeup. So tonight we declare we are strong and we thank you for allowing the word of God to form the basis of our decision making. We are not lured by what is interesting on what is popular. We are only focused on on what the word of God admonishes us to do and to walk in and to speak about. So we declare that we are the brethren that love the word of God. And we thank you tonight and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.